0: With us here today, again, is Francis Ball. Francis, it's nice to have you.
1: Very good to be here again with you.
0: In our last broadcast, Witness Lee pointed out that in Genesis 1, verse 31, on the sixth day, God's response to the creation of man was very good. In today's message, we begin with Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. We know that God rested on the seventh day because his work was finished. But the question I want to ask you is, did the creation of man also have an impact on God resting on the seventh day.
1: I believe there are two reasons for resting. Sometimes we rest because we're tired. But that's surely not the reason God rested. No, God does not get tired. So what is the reason for His rest? And what kind of impact does the creation of man have on this? Well, the other reason for resting is because what you intend to do is accomplished. God's intention was to make man in his image for his expression and after his likeness and for him to have dominion given to him. So when he accomplished this, it is reasonable that he would rest. When God looked on the man whom he created, he said, Very good! God could rest because his glory was expressed, because man had his image— And his authority was also about to be exercised. As long as man expresses God's image and deals with God's enemy, God can rest. However, we have to realize that whatever is mentioned in Genesis is a seed. So this rest is not the complete rest. The rest spoken of here is a seed that needs the entire Bible to grow and develop. We can say, indeed, that the creation of man had a real impact on God resting the seventh day. God didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he got what he wanted. Man was a testimony, an expression of God, with God's image. Man was also able to exercise God's authority.
0: Thank you, Francis. I believe we're going to see more about God's rest in today's Life Study of Genesis. Let's join Witness Lee.
2: Genesis 1 eventually says, God looked at everything and it says everything was very good. Before the sixth day, it only said good, but not very good. In the last day, God said very good. Why very good? Because he looked at Adam. Because Adam was in God in me. And with Adam, there was God's dominion. Then after God said this, right away, God rested. Because God was satisfied. This is the last item of the ultimate consummation. That was God rested. Because she was satisfied. Satisfied with what? With two main things. Number one. The glory of God was manifested. Man had God's image. And number two, the authority of God was to be exercised. God's enemy was to be dealt with by God. Hallelujah. As long as God's image could be expressed through man, as long as God's enemy could be dealt with by man, I tell you. God would rest. It is not just God has finished his work. But in his work, there was a man that could bear his image and deal with his enemy. So based upon these two facts, God rested. Never forget these two items. Man had God's image, man exercised God's dominion. These are the two main factors that cause the rest. Yet, whatever is mentioned in Genesis 1 and 2 is a seed. The seed needs the whole Bible to develop. The rest in Genesis is a seed, and the harvest. Of this seed will be in, again, revelation. In revelation, you have the consummation of the rest. Now, the full rest has not come yet. So, now what we have is just a foretaste. As long as we have the life of God to flow, and we have God himself to be manifest there is the rest. And this is the foretaste. Even in your office, in your job, when you let the life of the Lord flow, and you let God be expressed, there is the rest. Right? If you are cut off from the flow of the Lord's life, right away, you don't have the rest. We all have such an experience. Then, the authority of God is exercise and the enemy of God is their weight. Really so. When your wife gives you a hard time, don't exercise your headship. Don't try to tell her, don't you know that I am the head? Don't do that. When your wife gives you a hard time, you better go to the Lord to be the priest. Let the life flow. Let the life release. Then the dominion will be there. Then the enemy will be subdued. The enemy will be dealt with. Then you and your wife will have the rest.
0: Francis, let's pause here. I have a question about exercising God's authority to deal with God's enemy. At this point, Witness Lee applies this matter to the husband-wife relationship. Very practical. We see from this example that to exercise God's authority is not to assume a domineering position over people, but to contact the Lord and let the divine life of Christ flow within us. How, in our marriage relationship, for example, does this subdue the enemy
1: and bring us into rest? You know, in uh, my experience of listening to Witness Lee over a good number of years, I've recognized that quite often he uses the marriage relationship to uh, make all the things that He's taught us practical. So when He sees these kind of things in the Bible, He does know how to bring out our practical experiences. And I can certainly testify that this is the experiential way to subdue the enemy and experience the rest and enjoyment of the flow of the divine life within us. I have to admit, there have been times when either... I myself, or my wife, has given the other a face of a scorpion, as Brother Lee calls it. But if the other one would just quietly turn to the Lord in our spirit, or even go to the other room and pray to bind the enemy, this is surely an enemy of unrest. And this is surely the enemy of God, disturbing our oneness and our enjoyment and the way to deal with these kind of things is not to argue and not to vindicate ourselves and certainly not for the husband say don't you know i'm the head but if in such cases we recognize that this is not just us this is the enemy of god this is a spiritual warfare that invades our family life invades our even our personal life even all of our relationships are at jeopardy when Satan is allowed just to play with our mind and our emotions and our will to cause us to battle with one another or try to subdue each other by our natural wisdom or strength. So we want to have this flow of the divine life, and this life is a reality that really subdues the enemy. As I said, to argue, justify, excuse ourselves just gives the enemy more opportunity to keep us away from the rest and contentment of the divine life in our married life. There is nothing so effective to bring in the rest and enjoyment as to release the flow of the divine life. There is such a flow in us. And when we release that flow, this really increases our harmony. And surely in a husband and wife relationship, increases the love and consideration for one another. So it's not a matter of who's, who's the boss. It's a matter of who will go to the Lord and who will repent and come back and say those marvelous words, I'm sorry, forgive me. This is a way of defeating the enemy, subduing him, and having a real rest and enjoyment in our daily life.
0: Thank you, Francis. I think all of those of us that are married can surely identify with your comments. And if the Lord could get through here, I believe his kingdom would be much closer to coming. Let's return to Witness Lee for today's Life Study of Genesis.
2: Wherever, whenever God is expressed and His enemies dealt with, there is the foretaste of the rest. Even in our homes, in our marriage life, the same thing. Even in our personal life, the same thing. Whatever you do, wherever you go, if you would do and go to express God and to deal with God's enemy right away, you have the foretaste, a sweet foretaste of the coming rest. Because God is expressed, and his enemy is dealt with. As soon as you have the image and the dominion, you have the foretaste of the rest. Then, fulfillment of rest. This is promised in Hebrew chapter 4. There is a rest kept for God's people. And we all have the labor to enter into the rest. Otherwise, we will miss that rest. I tell you, the way to get into that rest is to have the full taste today. If you have the full taste of that rest, surely you will get into the full taste. If you don't have the full taste of that rest, you will miss the full taste to come. Then, consummation of rest. That is the rest in the new heaven and the new earth. Something will be consummated in the new Jerusalem. All the redeemed ones as one body, will express the glory of God for eternity. And all the redeemed ones as one body will reign as kings for God for eternity. That will be the consummating rest. The rest in Genesis 2 was just a little tap. The consummation of this rest will be there in the New Jerusalem. Everyone there will be satisfied. Everyone there will have the rest because God will be satisfied there and God will rest there. Hallelujah. I have to say, today, the church life is just a miniature of the New Jerusalem. The church life is just the foretaste of that full taste.
0: Francis, let's break in again. Concerning the matter of the rest in our Christian experience, can you explain the terms that Brother Lee used, foretaste, fulfillment, and consummation?
1: The way to enjoy the foretaste of the eternal rest is by our enjoyment and to pay attention to the flowing of life within us. The flowing of life within our spirit is in our daily life, and this has to transpire in our office, in our family in our relationships with other people, and I would say particularly in the church life. To take care of this flowing of the divine life within us is a way to enjoy the rest continually in all kinds of situations. So this kind of experience, I would say, is really the foretaste. And while it is a wonderful foretaste, and we should be enjoying it all the time, Yet I think most of us would have to admit that it it comes and goes. But at least we do get a foretaste and that gives us an appetite for the future. Now concerning what he said about the fulfillment of this rest, this is to be experienced in the coming millennial kingdom of a thousand years. And here I would just like to remind us all that this is something that we labor to enter into. In Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about the laboring to enter into that rest. That rest is the fulfillment of the rest which was just a little miniature rest in Genesis chapter 2 and which was a foretaste in our church life and in our Christian life. But in that time, in the coming age of the millennium, the thousand years, that will be the fulfillment of the rest. And I believe all of us should have a real aspiration to enter into that rest, that will be a glorious time when even Satan himself will be subdued to the point he will be in the abyss. He will be in the bottomless pit. If we are among those overcomers enjoying that rest, we will be here reigning with Christ. Now just a word about the consummation of the rest. That will be the portion of all the redeemed in the New Jerusalem for eternity. There will be a time for enjoying that rest and its fulfillment in that thousand years. But there will be also an eternity for all the believers from all the ages to enter into the consummation of the rest, which was really started and intended from Genesis chapter 2 and experienced in the present day by resting in Christ as our rest. So... All this process is to bring every believer, all the Christians, all of God's people, into a oneness with God for eternity. That's the consummation of the eternal rest. Thank
0: you, Francis. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study.
2: Now, we go on. The last point, that is, man also rested with God. If you read Genesis 1, Carefully, you could see, after man was made, God only said, something here for you to eat. Man got satisfied. When man came out of God's creating hand, right away, man got into the seventh day. And the seventh day to God was the day of rest. And that was the seventh day to God, that was the first day to man. What does this mean? This means God works everything for man to enjoy. Man didn't join in God's work, but in God's rest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't think that you can do something. God doesn't need you to do something. God has plenty, plenty riches that need you to come to enjoy. Amen. Don't come to work. God will say, stupid child, I have no work for you to do. But I have a lot of reason for you to come to enjoy. Amen. Come to join me in the rest. My Sunday is your first day. I worked for six days. Then I'm going to rest. How do you, you come and join me in the rest. Let's go together and rest. And mendy. how about this? I spent quite much time to find out, my, after man being made, man did what? I found out man did nothing. But two things, eating and resting. (laughs) After man was made, man, just eat and rest. After you got saved, you always think you are going to do something. Forget about the doing. Get about the doing. Come to eat Jesus. Come to be satisfied. Amen. Come to join God in his rest. Amen. God will say, little child, forget about your doing, forget about your working. I have done everything. Now is my time to rest. Would you come to join me in my rest? How about this? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the Sabbath was made, one thing. You know those stupid Pharisees? They made every man for the Sabbath. The Lord condemned them. You are absolutely wrong. Man was not made for Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for men. Our destination is a Sabbath. Man's destination is not work. Man's destination is a Sabbath. Man rest because God rests. Whenever God is satisfied, surely you are satisfied. Whenever you are satisfied, you rest. That proves God rests. God is satisfied. Man rests on God's work, and man reaches his goal. Don't try to work, but take care of one thing: that you have to let God reach his goal. And what is God's goal? That is to have his image expressed and to have his dominion exercised. As long as you have God's image expressed, God's dominion exercised to deal with his enemy, I tell you, God raises his goal. Then God will say, I am satisfied. Surely, you will say, God, I am satisfied too. So we rest with God. The whole Bible with all its stories and histories, teachings, and so forth is focused on life. And this life matter is just to produce the expression of God and the representation of God. Then God will be manifested and his enemy will be dealt with. Hallelujah! Then there will be the ultimate rest in this universe pray all this. I hope God would afford us the days to work all this thing out.
0: Francis, let's pause right here at the end, because I think there's an interesting point in this last section. Witnessly paraphrases Mark 2, verse 27, where the Lord says that the Sabbath came into being for man and not man for the Sabbath." What does this mean? What's the significance of this verse in the context of today's
1: message? He talked about those foolish Pharisees that really made the Sabbath a law and a burden and made every man for the Sabbath instead of the Sabbath for man. God's intention in His rest is brought out first in His creation in Genesis 2, as we mentioned. And then also we mentioned that type of the Sabbath in the Old Testament You can uh, read Exodus chapter 20. You can see that was a rest, but it's still a type. The Old Testament picture is there. This was because under the law, man was to stop all his work and on the other hand, be submissive to God's authority. So that Old Testament rest was a type. Then in the New Testament, you have the Lord's Day commonly called Sunday. But the Lord's Day in the New Testament as in Revelation chapter 1 verse 10 and in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2, it refers to this first day of the week being so important. And uh, Witness Lee brought out in his message uh, such a marvelous realization that God's rest day, last day, was man's first day. The day God rested was the day man began. So our fresh beginning with the Lord is is really pictured in the first day of the week. So this is not a matter of keeping days. This is not a matter of arguing over Saturdays or Sundays. We surely lose when we argue like that. We just lose the rest and enjoyment as a foretaste. Uh, We will also miss the rest of the fulfillment in the millennium if we take this kind of way of arguing, of justifying, of dividing and making issues over matters like this that divide Christians. We want to keep this rest. We want to enjoy the fulfillment of the rest in the coming age. And we have the assurance that we will enter into that eternal rest in the eternal stage. Rest as a reality is a very marvelous subject goal, and anticipation for our daily living, for the coming age, and for eternity.
0: Thank you. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788 or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.